All right, great, wonderful testimonies. Praise the Lord. Uh, open your Bibles, and I'll give you my testimony for a few minutes, if that's okay. In uh, Genesis chapter 24, very familiar story, okay? I'm going to read one, one verse, and then we'll just uh, think about the uh, things that led up to that verse. But this is a great verse, Genesis chapter 24 and verse 27. Okay? That won't be hard for you to find, will it? Since it's the first book in the Bible. Okay? I, I love testimonies about soul winning. Uh, if, if, and I believe this from the depth of my heart. If we just keep the, the Bible as the center of our life, Jesus Christ and walking with him, that we sang that song. That's a great, great song. First time I've heard it. <laughs> it's the first time I've heard several songs this week, okay? But uh, that's the first time I've heard it. But that's a, that's a great song, just step by step, follow, following Jesus, walking, uh, walking with him. Uh, just uh, a couple of Saturdays ago, I was out in Lancaster, and Brother Jerry Furso is my favorite soul-winning partner. He's a great soul-winner. He's in charge of outreach at Lancaster Baptist Church, and, and he and I uh, were visiting, and we went to a home, and there was a man and his wife and uh, three children, and uh, the, the, just to make a, a long story short, we were there for an hour and a half, but all five of them trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. And the next Sunday, all five of them were in church and have been baptized and so forth. And it, uh, uh, the, the good part about being a soul winner is every time you win somebody's soul uh, to the Lord, it's just like you getting saved all over again. Amen. I mean, you know, you can go through the emotions with them and so forth. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. But, okay, you have your Bibles open. Genesis uh, 24. Uh, verse 27, and he, and this is talking about uh, the servant of Abraham, who obviously was Eliezer, okay? And he said, Blessed be the Lord of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. Now here's the statement I want you to read with me, and I want us to think about it today, Okay. Uh, read with me the next words, okay? I, being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's son. Okay? Now, uh, let's do that once again. Just the I being in the way, okay? I, being in the way, the Lord led me. Think about that. Is that a great statement or not? I, being in the way, the Lord led me led me. And, and in the song this morning, it talked about walking with the Lord wherever he leads, we'll go there and so forth, and then I'll never take a step away from him. In other words, I'm following closely. In uh, Psalms 37, in verse 23, the psalmist said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, he didn't say the years of a good man, uh, he, he didn't even say the weeks of a good man or the days of the good man or even the hours of a good man. But he said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And, uh, and sometimes we, we let a word like a good man get in our way from claiming the promises of God. 
And it doesn't mean somebody that's perfect or some super saint, okay? The steps of a good man. And it simply means that we have the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. So we fit that, okay? We're not good within ourselves. In my flesh dwelleth no good things, okay? But when we trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then we, the righteousness of Christ is put upon us. He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of him. You think about it. When uh, Jesus Christ died on Calvary's tree, all of the sins of the world were placed on him. And when we trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, then his righteousness is put on us. So if you've been saved by the grace of God, and that's the only way anybody can get saved, okay, then that means you can claim that verse. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, Eliezer uh, was sent out by his master, Abraham. And Abraham called him in. He said, okay, Eliezer, I've got something I want you to do. I've got a son. He needs a wife. And I, I need for you to go and find a wife for him. Now, that's a little bit strange in Western culture, okay? And most of you fellas have not probably said to your dad, hey, dad, I want you to pick me out a wife, okay? But uh, in Japan, that was a very common thing. I, I, I never will forget one young man by the name of Sogoro Ogawa. And from the time he got saved, he began to grow in the Lord. You know, and he just was a great student at Bible college. He, he just was doing everything right. And, and I knew <clears throat> that uh, uh, God had his hand on him and that he would become the pastor of the Cindy Newtown Baptist Church. And uh, in his senior year of college, I, I said to him one day, I said, Brother O'Gall, I, I know that God wants you to be the pastor of Cindy Newtown Baptist Church. But uh, we have a, a lot of single girls in our church. And it wouldn't be a good idea for you to become pastor before you get married. So I, I said, you need to really think about this matter of choosing a wife. And I never will forget what he said to me. He said, teacher, which one should I marry? <laughs> you said, that's strange. But it's not strange in a culture like Japan. Okay? Many of the marriages were planned marriages. You know, the parents get together and they say, hey, my daughter, she can cook well. She's pretty. You know, she's smart, she's a good servant. My son has a lot of money, on and on. Oh, they'd be a good match. We'll get them together. And uh, just a few days before the wedding, they introduce them to each other, okay? <laughs> <clears throat> I never will forget one time, uh, my wife said, uh, Ms. Ujiki said a very strange thing in the Bible study this morning. And I said, what did she say? <laughs> I mean, always strange things, a lot of things, strange things to us, particularly when we first went to Japan. And I said, what did she say? She said, I would feel very embarrassed to go on a honeymoon with somebody I knew real well. And Virginia said, all I could think of was, I think I would feel very embarrassed to go on a honeymoon with somebody I didn't know pretty well, okay? <laughs> but uh, so Abraham, he, he tells uh, uh, Eliezer, uh, I want you to go out and, and find a wife for Isaac. Now, don't, don't take a wife of the Canaanites, but go back to my home area 
<coughs> and found a wife for Isaac there. And uh, of course, Eliezer uh, listened to his master. He obeyed God. And by the way, uh, the will of God is in the Word of God. You want to know God's will, then just stay in the Word of God. Amen. And so he, he uh, was listening to his master. He was listening. And we need every day to listen to our master. Amen. And, and just, and by the way, spend time with God. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. Uh, carve out time to wait before the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. And uh, he, he took 10 camels, and that's a lot of camels. He took all kind of money and everything. I mean, you know, they, they said, we're going to buy a bride, okay? And uh, then he got close to the place, and he good night. I don't have any idea what to do. So guess what he did? He prayed. Good idea, amen? And <clears throat> by the way, he prayed very specifically. He said, now, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm here by this well. This, the ladies are going to come draw water. And I don't, I don't have any idea which of the ladies I'm supposed to choose for Isaac. But uh, here, here's, here's what I want you to do. <clears throat> and he said, when uh, I go to one of these girls and I say to her, uh, give me a drink of water. And she says, okay, good, I'll give you a drink of water. And, and while you're drinking this water, I will draw water for your camels. And by the way, drawing water in those days was not turning on a faucet, okay? It was putting the bucket down the well, drawing it back up, putting it in the well, drawing it back up. And now I'm not, I'm not a master of camelology, okay? So I don't know that this is true, okay? But I'm just going to tell you what somebody else said. So don't say this is what Brother Sis said, okay? Uh, somebody else said that a camel, when he's real thirsty, can drink about 20 gallons of water. So that would mean she'd have to draw 200 gallons of water down, up, down, up. That's pretty specific, amen? By the way, when we're praying, it is an intelligent being speaking to an intelligent being, and we should be specific in our praying. Dear God, save the whole world. Really? God bless everybody, okay? And you don't know whether God answers your prayers or not. But he prayed very specifically. And uh, so he got there by the well, and lo and behold, <clears throat> here comes Rebecca. Okay? Beautiful name. Okay, Rebecca. I'm sure some of you are named Rebecca, okay? Uh, you, you can't find a lot of Christians without somebody being named Rebecca. Okay? And here comes Rebecca. And uh, Eliezer said, uh, would you give me a drink of water? Oh, sure, I'll give you a drink of water. By the way, while you're drinking, I'll draw water for your camels. Wow! What a, what a great thing when you see God answering a specific prayer. And, and you know the rest of the story. He put all kind of bracelets on her and so forth, went to her house. And, and then after it was all over, he made this statement. I, being in the way, the Lord led me. Listen to it. I, being in the way, the Lord led me. You know, when you read through Exodus, in particular in chapter 13 and, and verse 21, where it says that the children of Israel were led by a cloud during the day and by fire at night. 
And all they had to do is, when that cloud moved, they would move. When the cloud stayed still, they'd stay still. Or at night, when the fire moved, they would move. When the fire was still, they would be still. I don't know how many times I've read that and I think, wow, wouldn't that be great? We just look up and we just, you know, have the cloud. But the bottom line is, we have something better than that. Remember what Jesus said just before he went back to heaven? He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'll send you another comforter. Another one like me, okay? And he will dwell with you. And then the next verse he said, and he will dwell with you and he shall be in you. Wow. We have something a whole lot better than a cloud or the fire. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and being willing to lead us and direct us and so forth. So he said, I being in the way, the Lord led me. So let me give you a little testimony this morning, okay? <clears throat> I, I got saved when I was 16 years old. And uh, uh, soon after I got saved, uh, I, they were having a revival in the uh, Baptist church in Nortonburg, Kentucky. And, and I went forward and asked, told Pastor Ratliff that I would like to be baptized, become a member. And I remember he took me off to a little room and he went through the plan of salvation again. He wanted to be sure I was saved. And that's okay. That's a good idea. Okay. And uh, uh, in, anyway, uh, I, I joined the church where I was baptized and so forth. And uh, then the first thing you know, they began to ask you to do certain things. Okay. And uh, I, I never will forget the first public job I had was to lead a testimony meeting. Bill Welch said, uh, hey, Don, at, at our next Youth for Christ meeting, I, I want you to lead the testimony meeting. And I said, Bill, what's a testimony meeting? <laughs> I had no idea, okay. Sometimes we expect everybody to know all the Christian terminology and so forth. I didn't know any of it, okay. And he told me, and I said, well, I don't know how to lead something like that. He said, well, just tell them about you getting saved, you know. <clears throat> so I did. And, you know, little by little, they began to ask me to do one thing after another. And uh, uh, then, then uh, the pastor asked me to teach a Sunday school class after I'd been saved about a year. And I thought, I, I don't think I know enough Bible to teach. But the pastor asked me to do it, so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try, I'll do the best I can. You know, and step by step like that, you think about it. So as I, I look over uh, 85 years, and I can look back, and, and I can make this statement. I, being in the way, the Lord led me. Uh, for instance, and some, just, just some highlights of my life, okay? Uh, I got saved on October the 15th, 1949. Uh, on November the 28th, 1954, I went forward and said to my pastor, Brother W. Jones, I know God's called me to preach. That was a good decision. Actually, on June the 7th, 1952, I made a very important decision. I married Virginia Carlton. And that is a very important decision. After I had made a commitment to be a preacher, three weeks later, my wife, Virginia, went forward, same church, Black Oak Baptist Church, and this was her commitment. And she said, since God has called on to be a preacher, then I want to be the best wife I can possibly be 
so he can be all that he needs to be. And by the way, no preacher is any more than his wife. Okay? Just I being in the way the Lord led me. Okay? When, when you get in the way, then, then God will lead you. Uh, in in 1964, my wife and I were approved by Baptist International Missions Incorporated to go to Japan as a missionary. Of course, we were not sent out by BIMI. BIMI doesn't send missionaries. BIMI is an helps organization. And the church is the sending agency. And so we were sent out by the Calvary Baptist Church of Harvey, Illinois. And, and then in 1965, we went to Japan. February of 1965, we went to Japan. Uh, and the first thing we naturally started doing was studying the language. Uh, I, I think I mentioned last night, the first time I saw a Japanese Bible, uh, you know, I, I looked at that thing and it scared me to death. And uh, then when I got to Japan and got in language school, and I'd been in language school about six weeks, all of a sudden I, I realized that all of my fears were justified. <laughs> okay? I mean, it was just as difficult as I ever dreamed that it would be. Uh, but we stayed with it, okay? And uh, 1966, you know, we, we had our first service in February 1966 of the Sydney Newtown Baptist Church. And, and today that church is running about 500 on a regular Sunday. And uh, uh, Christmas, they had over 700 present. And there was 154 first-time visitors. And you, know, you just look back and see all the good things that, that, that God did. Uh, then I became the Far Eastern Director of our mission, and then eventually the, the, the President and General Director of BIMI. And, uh, you know, just one thing after another. But after 85 years of life and 65 years of ministry, uh, by the way, I, I told Brother Jones on, on uh, that night in, in November, which was Thanksgiving night in November 1954, I know God's called me to preach. And after service, he said, Don, do you know God's called you to preach? And I said, yes, sir, I know that for sure. He said, okay, you can preach Wednesday night. <laughs> I'm not sure God's called me that much, okay? <laughs> I have no idea what I preached. Thank God they didn't have recorders back in those days, okay? <laughs> but I began to preach on a regular basis, one place after another. And, and then in 1956, we went back to Kentucky to go to Bible college. And, uh, and lo and behold, a church called me right away, and I became pastor of one church. A month later, another church called me, and I became pastor of another church. I pastored two churches at one time. Both of them were part-time churches. Back in those days, they had part-time churches. One of them had church on first and third Sunday. The other had church on second and fourth Sunday. So on the fifth Sunday, we didn't go to church, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we, we did, but, but you know, I, but I, look, I, I look over all of those things, you know. You know uh, who do you marry? Where do you, where do you go to Bible college? Uh, what kind of ministry do you have? Here, Eliezer said, I being in the way, God led me. I being in the way, God led me. 
Here's where you get in the way. Number one, you be sure that you're saved and going to heaven. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. We're not in the way unless we know for sure that we're saved and going to heaven. And by the way, everybody should make sure of that. I've often thought Jesus chose 12 and one of them was not saved. And if that could happen to Jesus, it could happen to any school or any church and so forth. So uh, make sure, do you know you're saved? Uh, my, my wife had double knee surgery years ago, knee replacements. Uh, she, she did it before I did. I want her to try, try it out to see if okay. <laughs> Not really, mine weren't that bad at that time. But I went to the rehabilitation center to see her one day and, and the receptionist had changed and she didn't know me. So I was just walking past and she said, oh, sir, do you know where you're going? I said, yes, ma'am, I know where I'm going. I know exactly where my wife is. You know, I've been here several times and so forth. And then I said, and by the way, I know where I'm going when I die. She said, oh, nobody can know that. And I said, do you believe the Bible? Everybody in Tennessee believes the Bible, okay. They don't know the Bible, but they believe it, okay. <laughs> uh, do you believe, the oh yeah, I believe the Bible. I said, well, the Bible says, these things have I written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. She said, I can't buy that. I said, it's not for sale, it's a gift, amen. <laughs> Okay, number one, I must be sure I'm saved. Number two, I must be sure I'm submissive. Submissiveness is not a bad word. It is a great word. I'm submissive, I'm surrendered. Dear Lord, I'm willing to go anywhere, to be anything, to do anything, to give anything, okay? I must be sure I'm submissive. Then I must be sure I'm separated. Come out from among you, be you separate, said the Lord. What know you not? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. You're not your own. You're bought with the pride. In other words, we're to be saved. We need to be submissive. We need to be separated. And we need to be serving. We need to be doing something. Doing something. Everybody ought to be doing something. If you're saved by the grace of God, then you ought to be doing something. And so I, so I look over all of those years, and all I can think of is, just like Eliezer, I, being in the way, the Lord led me. Now, now, don't worry about what you're going to do a year from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. You don't have any idea, okay? But the main thing is today, today, just be what God wants you to be. Be sure you're where God wants you to be today. And then you can be sure that the Lord will lead you step by step. So let's say it together, okay? I, being in the way, the Lord led me. Now think about it in closing. Are you sure you're saved and going to heaven? By the way, if you happen not to be, don't linger on that thing. While you're in school, get it settled, okay? Are you sure you say, are you submissive? Are you willing to go anywhere? And I believe from the depth of my heart, if you are, God will send a lot of you to some of the great unreached areas of the world, and we'll talk about some of those tomorrow, okay? Are you submissive? Are you surrendered? 
are you separated from the world? You're different, thank God, amen. I, I've never figured out why in the world a Christian would want to be like the world. That's what we were saved from, okay? And then, are you serving? Everybody ought to be doing something. If you are, then when you get to be 85 years of age, you say, oh, I don't want to live that long. If you were 84, you would want to live till you were 85, okay? <laughs> Fellow said to me the other day, I don't think I'd like to be a, I don't think I'd like to live to be a hundred. And I said, if you were 99, you would, okay. <laughs> but when you get to be old, or even in a few years, you can look back and say, I got in the way and the Lord led me. Dear Lord, thank you for these dear people. Thank you for the testimonies we've heard today. Thank you for the wonderful promise, the steps of a good man, a man, a woman that has the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Thank you for the wonderful statement. In John 15, I am the vine, you're the branch. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And then the simple statement, without me, you can do nothing. Thank you for your leadership in Jesus' name. Amen.